In this episode, we're talking about how and why we try and do adventure days with our children as part of our unschooling and wild schooling journeys. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and that's the Kabi Kabi and Gubby Gubby people. We honour their songlines and their storylines and pay respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And I'd like to add that Wildlings Forest School would not exist without the use of the land that we're on and the fact that the Gubby Gubby and Cubby Cubby people have been custodians of that space for thousands of years before us and as part of our role as mentors for young children, we are committed to making sure that they understand that we are now part of that custodian role and how important it is to be listening and doing deep listening with our local custodians. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. We're your hosts, Nikki Farrell and Vicky Oliver. Before we start, we want to say a huge thank you for all of you who are posting such amazing feedback on our socials about some of our most recent podcasts. It often feels like we do this in isolation because we're here in my little old Queenslander. (laughs) You should see us right now, actually. (laughs) We have spent, it's now two o'clock in the afternoon and we have spent the last, what, four hours trying to set up some new technology. We had a really basic setup and now we've upgraded to new bikes and new mixer and look, I think we sound a lot better, but far out. (laughs) It has been a lesson in patience, a lesson in research. So we really hope this sounds better for your ears and that it was all worth it. (laughs) And so, yes, your feedback is very valuable. Mm. So thank you for that. Yes. I'd also wanted to touch on the fact that a couple of episodes ago I was talking to Sandy Schwartz um, and I told you that I would feed back how it felt to hug a tree. And so um, that was actually quite a few weeks ago. I haven't recorded since then. So I thought you might want to hear about my experience. I do. It was a great episode, by the way. But, yes, I really want to hear how that went for you. So the the trees that were around on the day that I went to hug the tree were big pine trees that we find along our coastline. So it wasn't a necessarily smooth tree. Yeah, that made me bristle. Yeah, they're quite (laughs) – What's another word for not smooth? They're very rough barked. So I did, I thought, you know what, and it was not a, it was a busy afternoon down at the the ocean, Um, but I did it anyway. And the girls were watching me and they're, what are you doing, mum? And I said, oh, I'm here, I'm going to hug a tree today. I'm just, you know, be in the moment and just listen to how my body responds and how I feel by hugging a tree. I've never really taken the time to do that before. So I did. And it was one of those moments where I didn't worry about what everyone was thinking around me and I felt very in the moment, so it was a very zen, you know, and it felt like I was getting a hug from nature. It was like a real, like, gratitude moment of we're in this together, Um, very grateful to have beautiful trees that I can sit and be with. 
So I'm really glad I did it and I encourage you all to go and uh, have that experience for yourself to not care what anyone thinks about you doing this in a public place or perhaps you can do it in the privacy of your own home or somewhere that's off the beaten track and give something very out of the box a go in connecting with nature. I've hugged a few trees in my lifetime, (laughs) but I've never actually stopped to think about it. Yeah. I've hugged them and like, oh, that was nice. I've never been really analysed it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to do the same. Can I just say, this is so nice to be able to talk to you. Mm, I know. (laughs) I don't don't know if no one probably realises, but previously when we've recorded our podcast together, we've actually never been together. In the same room. We've either been at each other, like, each in our own houses or if we were at my place, one of us has gone to my bedroom and Vicky's been here. So I can see Vicky's facials yeah. and her eyes and it's – I wonder if it will make a difference to the podcast too. Yeah, I hope so. Really nice. And we are hoping Hi. to do more of these episodes of us together but also with other people that we would love to speak to in real life and not have to do the separate thing. Look out, Forest Kindy, mm. homeschool programs. Yeah. Here we come for our parents. Exactly. Take us on the road with us. All right, so today we thought we would talk about our adventure days. We've had a few people ask us what that looks like, what it means, why we do it, how the heck we get the children outdoors and that kind of stuff. And we were going through our list of podcast topics today and that was the one that we went, yes, let's do it. So let's start with, first of all, what would you class as an adventure day, Vicky, and why? Why do we even bother? Why do we bother committing to an adventure day? Yeah, so for me, an adventure day is doing something that feels like it's active and it's not something that we do all the time. I mean, some of the adventure days have been repetitive, like Mm. things that we do, but it feels like something new or unusual about that moment or that day, it it creates a memory. Mm. And it's in usual, for the most part in wild spaces, we have, and I've said this so many times, the most incredible wild spaces. Mm. And it came about because we had a group of us who wanted to do things together and we all like doing similar sorts of things. Mm. It's an inexpensive way for us to do things as a group Um, and we just love exploring. I think that the fact, just going back to how cheap it is, homeschooling can sometimes feel expensive when you commit to things for a term Mm. Then you've got multiple children. So this was a way that we could, the group size can vary. It doesn't matter if there's two of us or 10 families. It doesn't matter if you miss a week. It doesn't matter if you're Mm. sick. I love it because it makes me feel like, and I know with our kids too, it makes us feel like we belong. Yes. But it's that, and exploring, it's new and there's wonder and there's awe. And I think for me, a lot of my own personal happiness comes from those new experiences where I discover something new and I feel that wonder. That's that's what fills my cup. Exactly, and you get that from being outdoors. Mm. You get that from nature. And there's that accountability. Yes. We turn up. <laughs> we turn up. Well, We're I'll caveat bunch. that <laughs> in saying that we have slipped a little bit Yeah. Uh, in turning up to Adventure Days consistently probably in the last little bit. I'm, I'm going to pull us up there and say we haven't slipped because we're humans mm. and life has got in the way and you've had appointments that have been important. Yeah, that's true. And so it's a prioritisation of of what our families need in this season and it's okay. It's like seasonal. It doesn't have to be all or nothing and it can, we don't have to do it all, all the time. No. Yeah. It feels good when we're doing it all yeah. the time and that's probably more 
what I'm reflecting on is that when we are consistently doing it, it's it's like it's got its own momentum. Yes. And when we slow down, the momentum slows down and we have to be intentional about getting that momentum going again. And I feel like at the moment we're just on that, yep, we, like the momentum's happening, but as you said, just the way that our weeks are structured at the moment, it's probably not as consistent as we'd like it to be. And throw in some floods, throw in COVID, <laughs> COVID. going through our community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle any of us have left the house. It is. <laughs> so let's go. We, we kind of touched on the benefits. What are our children learning and what are some of the benefits of being? And I'm, I'm like you said, I think that going back to we need to commit to them because if we don't commit to them, our days just get full. They do. You know, it's, oh, I'm just going to do an errands day on Monday. It's like, oh, oh man, it's meant to be yeah. adventure day, but I'm going to the post office and the bank and the blah, blah, or blah. Or we need a home day, which we do need, mm. but I actually feel like I need adventure days more than I need home days. Yeah, same. Um, so... The fact that this is an actual very specific part of the way that we homeschool our children, um, it's the way that we incorporate our values around unschooling and wild schooling. So there are things that we know that our children are learning when we go on these adventures. So if we backtrack and just sort of maybe also describe what those adventures might look like, like where mm. we go, it will give you some context as to why we know the learning's occurring. So uh, over the past five years that we've been doing Adventure Days, and sometimes those Adventure Days will change actually who's been going to those as well because yeah. sometimes the Adventure Days might be my husband going with the children yeah, or and yours. And also phases and stages, you know, yeah. other families joining us may have just had a new baby and as we all know that fourth trimester is it's not about adventure. No. It's about cocooning and, yeah. and rest. So. so that changes. But um, we have some core places that we like to go to that are like Point Cartwright, which is like a rock pooling, rock platform where the kids are finding animals and treasure hunting and swimming and climbing little coastal trees and playing in the sand. Rolling down the grass hills. Yeah. So we've got places like that. We've got many, many beaches, different types of beaches that we go to. We've got sort of coastal lakes. There's like expansive areas of like low tide that we explore. Sand dunes to run down. Or cliffs to jump off. And then we've got like our inland areas where we're hiking. We've got a lot of mountains. I was actually saying this to my husband the other day when we were driving through Mullaney. I said, you really don't have many places that have that vista of a lot of mountains and a, a lot of tr- walking tracks associated with those mountains. So we've done a lot of those sorts and of... And such a variety too. I've, I've found that the the variety of mountains that we have here and that it's suited all ages. Yeah, so, so there's complexity and there's simplicity. That's right. In those hikes. So we do, we've done quite a few different hikes and there's some great hikes that we've got on the Sunshine Coast that are really like flat. Yeah, very accessible, whether very that's accessible. prams or wheelchairs yeah. or just toddlers not tripping over everything. And then we've got <laughs> more complexity within our rock pooling as well. So we've got the easy ones that we can get to and then we've got ones that cr- that there is a little bit of rock scrambling mm. to get to the secret spots or the beautiful fairy pools that we find. My favourite place is there's a walk between Sunshine Beach and Noosa and there's beautiful small rock pools where there's just fish and coral and Christmas tree worms and it's magical mm-hmm. and they're not easily accessible. So it, it is a full-on adventure scrambling up Pendennis-lined cliffs with rocks everywhere and there's a little bit of those anxiety moments of like oh my goodness is everyone going to be safe on this journey 
which is what's the, that's the fun of it. So we do have such a, a real big variety of, mm. of places and things that we do. Because then we've got the creeks and the waterfalls as well. Yeah. And again, we've got such variety in the accessibility of the waterfalls too. The um, Baxter Creek waterfall mm. is straight down. So it's like, oh, this is really easy. Yes. You enjoy the swing bridge and it's really isolated so there's no one down there and then you have to turn around yeah. and come back up. <laughs> And we went to Condalilla on the weekend and that's the same. It's a walk down to the swing hole and then we walked a little bit for the tracks right down to the bottom were closed because of all the raining and the floods, but there was a lookout and then by the time we got down from the lookout back to the waterhole, the kids wanted to swim again, but mm. I was done. I was like, I need to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean there's, there's such a variety and complexity in the spaces that we go to. Then, like you said, our husbands – take the kids surfing yeah. or mountain bike riding or to the BMX track. There's there's a big variety. Yeah. We really enjoy that difference of experience and that's what we like. That's what I love about it. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about playgroup and the fact that when we first started playgroup, the reason why I loved it so much is because we did go to different wild spaces every week and I like that variety because I think that we need both. We need time in the same space mm. to have a look at how it looks over time and through the seasons, but I also just love going somewhere different. And there's so many places. So mm. just, yeah. So And places that we keep talking about we want to go that we haven't actually been to on an adventure day. I still can't believe it. I did Pomona, um, I don't know, back in September. I was, I've been here on the Sunshine Coast for over 10 years. Mm. It's the first time I've done that. Yeah. So there's still pla- still so many places we haven't done. And we've here. been talking about doing a trip across the Pummerstone Passage over mm. to Bribey. We still haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been on the, the talking list. So there, there's so much. But anyway, circling back to what our children are actually learning when we go in these places, as you can see, there's like so many different things that we're going to. So there is so many opportunities for learning within that. Mm-hmm. And the first one is the seasons. Like they do get to see each specific location in the heat of the summer when it cools right down and what they do in those spaces changes so different because if we're in swimming season that's what we do that's what we focus on that's what we need to prioritize when it comes to our gear mm. like we can forget other things but we can't forget our swimming gear sunscreen and sunscreen, <laughs> exactly um whereas in the winter we use the spaces differently mm. they will explore different places they will you know if we go on, on a walk and they're potentially in the summer we would swim there in the winter they're going to explore the rocks and rock hop and do all that sort of stuff which is not something they would prioritize when we've got swimming Mm. available yeah when it's too hot yeah they connect with nature that's probably my biggest thing is Mm. why i love it is and at that time to just be and just sit in nature you know especially down the beach and we've all seen Mm. it as parents when they're just sitting and you know whether they're dropping you know trailing sand through their fingers or laying on the sand and just looking up at the clouds Mm. it's just Children often don't get that time to just be yeah. in nature and process their thoughts and their emotions and daydream. Yeah. And then moving like that one step from the nature connection is that nature understanding and the biology. Mm. So uh, Macy and I were walking along the beach the other day and it was so nice because it was just the two of us. So there was no hurry and all the shells have been washed up along the shoreline. So I got to have really in-depth discussions with her about the kinds of shells that we were finding and what animals lived in there and, you know, the, the biology and, the and, and again, the seasonality. Like you would only find these ones washed up during, you know, this type of wind or whatever it is we're talking about. And then we were actually able to go. There is a little rocky um, platform right where we were walking. So 
there were actually live versions of the shells mm. that we were seeing. So I was being able to show her the difference between a live animal and a dead one. Mm. So that that sort of learning you get from being in nature that you wouldn't necessarily, like, you know, you're not going to, you'd have to go to a lot of effort to replicate that in a different way. Yeah. Speak, you know, you're talking about the rocky platforms as geology. Mm. There's all those formations. There's You were speaking about the winds that like you're talking about, weather. Yeah. It's so much science and STEM and STEAM. Don't forget the arts. Yeah in those adventure days and that's what I love so much about wild schooling is they're asking questions about maths and gosh some of the perler of questions my youngest has been asking me this week Mm. just we've had to go and look them up because I've got no idea yeah no idea that's right and I mean we're lucky if we do have some idea about some things but then on the other hand if we don't we're also co-learning with them yeah yeah, absolutely. I also really love on our adventure days that it's a really great test of resilience, you mm. know, especially when they're small and we're starting our hikes and it's, I can't go any further. Mm. You know, it's, we just tell them, well, we, you know, I'm not going to carry you, you know, depending on the age, but when they're at that point where you can't, I physically can't carry my no. kids anymore, it's okay. That's, we let them know at the start that we're not going to carry you. We'll stop as often as you need for as long as you need. Mm but I'm not carrying you. <laughs> yeah, and also they learn what to expect and what to do next time mm. so that we're building upon that that capacity for them to assess the situations for themselves and how to make themselves comfortable. Mm. And that they can do hard things. Mm-hmm. You know, the first couple of hikes we did, because they were toddlers, they tripped and they fell and they grazed their knee. Mm. But we had the first aid kit, we had the Band-Aids, we sat, we let the feelings out, we let the pain out. Yeah. Or the other thing too is if they want to have fun, they're going to have to bring all the gear. Like I'm not yes. a pack horse, oh so gosh. if you want to take that floaty with you down to the – or your kayak, I can't take everything. The binoculars <laughs> that we know you're not going to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you like the idea of taking it and that's fine. You're going to have to be part of this process. It's not just about me providing this experience for you and all the fun things because I have – been guilty of doing that of mm. being the pack horse but you know it's not sustainable and no. if they want to bring all the fun things and they have to be part of that process of okay you want to bring that how are we going to walk that out to point car right because mm. you know that that's a good 15 minute walk out to the so are you going to be able to walk with that for 15 minutes so having those conversations with them about the reality of having these adventure days because we do all love them but if you don't want to walk that out for 15 minutes, don't bring it. Yeah, and it's setting those expectations before you go. You know, yeah. what have you got? What do you want to carry? I'm letting you know that I'm not going to carry it. We'll stop and rest. Again, I'm not carrying. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that too because it is a different level of fitness as well. Yeah, You're moving your bodies in so many different ways yeah. because a lot of the time when I exercise my body as an adult, it's very leg heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just walking. Yeah. Whereas when we do our adventure days, a lot of the time we are crouching and we are scrambling up rock faces or Mm. we are swimming. We are using different parts of our bodies and our muscles and sometimes we're in the trees with the kids. I'm not saying that we do that often, Mm. but it does sometimes happen that I'm, they want to show me something. So we have to get up higher. So we're moving our bodies in different ways. So they're actually getting a very complex, well, the children in particular, not me, are getting a very complex movement with their bodies. Mm. You've inspired me to think about the fact that it's stacking for us as mm. adults. So we're getting our, our own personal socialisation. Yeah. We're catching up with our friends and we're getting our exercise without it feeling like exercise. That's right. That's a huge thing for me. I hate mm. exercising just to for exercise. The sake of it, yeah. Whereas if I'm hiking and seeing friends and yeah. ticking all those boxes. 
That's and that's um, the other thing too about the friendships. Like obviously for us, that's a huge part of why we go mm. because I absolutely adore hanging out with all of our friends. Mm. But our children are also learning about friendships and it's been very fascinating because we do homeschool and our families are a combination of the social needs of the parents as well as the children. It means that there's a mixture of genders and a mixture of ages. So mm. you've got boys and girls working together to play in a way that suits everyone mm. and it hasn't been smooth sailing and we have seasons where it's tricky Yeah. and then sometimes we turn around and we're like, wow, Out of amazing. nowhere too somewhere we yeah. have those tricky seasons and all of a sudden we're looking around going, they're all getting along. Famously. Yeah, and the conversations at home, like the even the way that they talk about some of the friends, they're like, I really, really enjoy playing with them today and they're then excited to continue that play the next time that they see them. It's that relationship building and understanding that things, you know, again, that friendships and relationships change mm-hmm. but it's also up to us how we turn up to that relationship too yeah. and how we voice the things that are troubling us and we work through them rather than just say, you're not my friend anymore. Yeah. It's it's that. That's huge. It is. Very nuanced ways of working with them to mm. maintain friendships. And to be guided by adults, which is, again, another reason that we do choose to homeschool is that whole myth of socialisation mm-hmm. is such BS because the socialising, like you said, they do from multi-age, different genders with adults is just stunning to it see is. their emotional intelligence just blossom. It's so cute. Even... um having a conversation with a friend the other day and she was saying that her daughter was sort of saying which adults she really likes having fun conversations with, which I thought was the sweetest thing. She's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So it's not just about those friendships between children. It is the friendships that are Mm. formed with me and and my friend's children. We need other adults, our children need other adults in their lives that they can turn to when they're having a rough time with mum and dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. It is. So other than the fitness, the science, the biology, the communication, the negotiation, the sense of place and belonging, I another huge thing for me is it takes away the fear of nature. Oh, yeah. My children don't care if there's long grass, <laughs> if there's really scrubby scrub, if there's a spider in you know on the path. Nothing stops them. Nothing stops them. No. And that's what I want. I don't want them to ever feel like they have to stay indoors because the weather's bad yeah. or that looks a bit scary or there might be snakes. It's Australia. There might be snakes at the school that you're at. Exactly. And so um, we've had conversations about, oh, this person said we shouldn't be swimming because of sharks or something like, like, for example. And I say, whilst that's still something we need to think about, if you think about our situation right now, we're not swimming anywhere where there's sharks. Mm. Like they can't actually physically get us where we are. So, <laughs> you know, because the there can be really extreme concerns that people have that don't actually suit the context of what you're doing, but it still bleeds for kids. They don't see, they're not, you know, examining some of those assumptions very see clearly. the real difference. I remember hiking Coolum. I think we were, we were all together, mm. I think. And our children ran off ahead because I've done it so many times and and they know the space and they know it well and they are very capable scramblers. Yes. And the amount of concerned parents that look, oh, your your kids are up ahead. We're like, yeah, that's okay. They know. They know their limits. Oh, your kids are near the edge. Well, they're three metres from the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is. It it is. um, And it's a half a metre fall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and there is often an inflated sense of risk Mm. from well-meaning Very well-meaning. But. And, yeah, we had my girls come up and say, oh, that person got 
us in trouble because they said we were blah, blah, blah. And that is a great way for us to talk again mm. about other people's expectations and did you feel safe and, you know, what did you say? Yeah, <laughs> here's another way you can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's all part of the learning as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, don't forget the environmental stewardship. Mm. So our children, well, you know, why have they, that person's left, well, where does this rubbish come from? Why does why do people let their rubbish go? And particularly after the floods, we've had some really great conversations mm. of actually people haven't littered this. It's, you know, when floods come up that high, people's entire backyards are floating downstream or their entire sheds or their whole houses. Or the yeah, that's gone right. Out. So. It's, it's again, it's weather and weather systems and climate change and the conversations have been deep. They have been mm. really deep. And so I'm so excited to go on our next adventure after talking about all this because there is just so much and I learned so much from them as well. As well. Mm. But they'll tell me about the bird, like the birds and we've talked about how great our kids are at IDing birds before but there's always something to learn. There's always something that I – I th- I've realised that I'm such a – I love treasure hunting. Yeah, me too. I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like that really fills that need for me to be out in nature because it, there's, it's like what are we going to see today? What mm. amazing animal or even a plant that I've never seen before or the fungi. Like we get super excited about seeing different <laughs> coloured fungi, you know, popping up mm. in like at the Botanic Gardens and like, I have photos and photos and photos of stuff that doesn't even look real. Mm. And that's what I love about it as well is that there's always that it, it just fulfills my need for wonder and all. I was yep. just going to say the amount of times I look it up and I still can't find it, it's actually sometimes it's just nice to wonder yeah. and wonder out loud. I wonder if this is brain coral or I wonder, I wonder what eats this or I wonder. I think mm. sometimes oh, I can't remember what book it was in, but I, um, anyway, can't remember, but she was speaking about how the internet has killed wonder because mm. we go, I wonder what that is, I'll look it up, now I know. But it stops that trajectory of critical thinking and critical yeah. questioning of, oh, well, it's pink, or oh, well, it looks like a brain, or well, it's in the ocean. Yeah, and so it's nice sometimes to be able to service and just wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, I was listening to Brene Brown talking about wonder and awe and the difference between the two mm. and that – you know, one is a feeling of like feeling very small in a very big world and that. Yes. And you need those moments to just ground you and to be in that moment. It brings that gratitude and the gratefulness mm. and also the realisation that our problems are very small. Yeah, that's right. And you can just all of those things that are sitting on your shoulders aren't there in those moments of awe and wonder. So we have to make time to make sure that we are going places mm. that will inspire us to feel that way. I had a headache the other day. It was really flat and didn't want to go to work to Forest Kindy, which is really, really unusual. Mm. And I turned up, uh, Lindsay took over for me and obviously does an amazing job. And I just got to be there as a, as a backup almost. Mm. And I came out of there and my headache was gone. My cup was filled. I hadn't been thinking about anything that was stressing me. Yeah. That's what Adventure Day does. Yeah. It's, it's medicine. It is. And even at the moment, like, because I'm, I'm not on the ground as much, but we went into um, Forest Kindy la- uh, Homeschool mm. last week and I just, I needed it so badly and it's not, and it is that combination of just being in nature and being in a space that I feel like is at home, mm. but also being surrounded by people who fill my cup at the same, like, it, it's just, <laughs> win, it's like win, the perfect it? storm <laughs> of, like, exactly what I need. I get, I get literally all of my needs met. Yeah. 
yeah. in those moments and which is why I th- I'm feeling probably called to do that mm. a little bit more at the moment. And I love that you can get your adventure days with wildlings at Forest Kindy mm. or the homeschool program and that's your commitment because that's what that's why we is exactly why we started it. That's yeah. exactly what we did it for. It is. Or you can go and do it for free. You can. With your own friends. So yeah. We never ever have we ever wanted to stop anybody doing that. No. What we add is it's an addition to yeah or if it is a bit more difficult to to do that with some friends or you know sometimes it is hard to get that consistency going with groups and that's what that's what our programs do they allow us to know that it's happening there's some people will turn up yeah that's right there will be there will be people there will be friends yeah adventure day is so much easier with friends with friends yeah (laughs) if you've got people who are willing and to do the things that you want to do as well because for me, I like to push myself to do stuff in my brain I do. I'm just thinking probably in real life sometimes I do like to just sit and chat and mm. I don't really want to engage in anything really, really super adventurous. But I also like the fact that the people that do come with us will do that mm. if we're feeling inspired to. Yeah. But maybe it is your adventure days isn't so much about wanting to scramble up a rock cliff and maybe it is that your children get to experience that, but you just get to sit in yeah, nature chat. and eat cheese. <laughs> I like the way you think cheese. <laughs> I really like it that for the fact that my children don't love hiking with just me. If oh, like, they don't. On a, like on a Monday, it's my day with the kids. I'm like, let's go for a hike. No, but if I say your kids are coming or our other friends are coming, A, they'll go without much whinging yeah and then b they won't whinge on the hike yeah totally i said that to a passerby on the weekend when we were hiking with friends and quite literally if i'd have taken the girls just with me and my husband it wouldn't have gone it would have it would have been a completely different experience i didn't see them i they met us down the bottom because Mm -hmm. they all ran ahead and every now like they would you know i could see them but and someone said oh i've never seen kids so you know inspired to walk or walk you know and I was like, oh, that's because their friends are here. Yeah. It wouldn't be like this if they it's, didn't have their friends. It's not. It's not like <laughs> it's that at not, all. Not in my experience no. anyway. Uh, so good. As much as we wish they were, but the reality is it, it just, yeah, become, especially if you push your kids too far one time, that can be all it takes. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> we're nearly there. It. We're nearly there. So that's a tip. Don't lie to them and say how far <laughs> something is. When it actually is far away. Be honest about it. We've still got a bit to go mm. because it's the promise of something coming and it doesn't, that will ruin it. It's That's the what's trust is yeah. broken. You've broken the trust. To believe so anymore. don't do that. that. That would be if I had a key tip for anyone who's trying to inspire a love of hiking and pushing the boundaries of comfort in that way, yeah, just be honest. So friends is the first tip. Second one is appropriate gear. Mm-hmm. So first aid kit, always. I don't care if it's just band-aids, Band-Aids. and a pressure bandage, splinter probes. Splinter probes, maybe some sort of um, alcohol swab or something that you yeah. can clean the wound with. Um, and maybe like, well, there's obviously those things are essential, but tissues are always a great idea or some sort of wet wipe. Wet wipe. Wet wipes are they're great for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be the bare minimum, but there's so many small hiking first yeah. aid kits now. You know whether you want to put your essential oils in or your own, you know, homeopathics, whatever actually, it is, whatever your jam is. Yeah, something for bites and stings. Mm, um, yeah, something multi-purpose even. So you know, tea tree oil um, or lavender or a mixture of the two can be really good um, in cleaning wounds and also 
for bites and stings, yeah. um, even if it's placebo. I take it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Same with the Band-Aid. It's just, yeah. it's just magic. Um, I take either itchies or stingos as well, mm. mainly for itchy caterpillars and yeah. big, big ants. Yeah. Big thing. Um, and bug repellent always because if I am getting bitten by mosquitoes, You're not gonna stay I hate my time and I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sunscreen just because of where we are. Yeah. So we've actually just found these really good backpacks that are like – Wet bags, really. Mm. They're like um, a backpack wet bag that rolls at the top and they're really spacious. You can chuck them on the dirty ground and you're not, yeah. you know, collecting, you're not discolouring your good canvas. The problem is mould too. Yeah. I, I love canvas, but here if something gets wet, particularly in the wet months, mm-hmm. it gets mouldy, whereas these dry packs, dry backpacks, like you said, they just wipe off or dry yeah. off. And you can just chuck wet towels, wet pavers in them, and you're not also creating that damp, mouldy mm. interior of the backpack. So I would I would recommend something like that. Backpacks, They'll be on our shop in the next probably two or three weeks. Yeah, we love them so much we decided mm. to put them on the shop. You can have beautiful baskets and you can have beautiful <laughs> bags. We've all Guilty. been there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you are having to hike any distance, you really do need to be mindful of your own capacity to, mm. to haul all that stuff comfortably. So backpacks are, are what we would recommend. Yeah, look, we've been through everything. We've tried the baskets. I've tried a beautiful picnic basket. And mm. they're, they're still really useful for things that don't require walking any space. Um, my husband's just gone aboard across the body esky kind of cooler bag. He loves it. That's not my jam. Mm. I'd rather stick it in my backpack. But the summer months are hard, but I find we adventure less in the summer months anyway. Hiking's not fun here no. unless it's super early. So it's more we do more beach and, you know, creek and waterfalls yeah, in exactly. the summer anyway. So we don't actually need the cooler bags so badly. No, and what we I've found too is that we take the snacks with us for the duration, the couple of hours. It mm. depends on, I guess, what your plan is, but if it's a hike, usually – you're only there for a couple of hours, so you take what you need in your backpack, but you can have like a cooler bag in your car with the actual lunch stuff and you can picnic somewhere easier. Um, I would say an insulated water bottle, mm. particularly oh, in, the, in the hot, you know, whether it's for hot food like soups in the winter or, mm-hmm. or a hot chocolate or whether it's just for icy cold water on the hikes. Gosh, that is that has soothed many a temper on many a hike. Yeah, and also so you don't end up with boiling hot water, which is you're not going to drink if it's going to be like that or if mm. you've left it in the car. Or you've left extra water in the car for the way home because it's yeah. nothing better. It's just a really nice treat. Mm. So and that- in the winter, we do that. We we often have tea. Like mm. take a couple. Of, like everyone brings their keep cup, and someone brings a thermos of chai or tea, and it's, it's oh, really it's nice. The spot. <laughs> yeah. And other than that, some decent uh, rain gear. Absolutely. Mm. Please, for the love of all things, invest in a decent rain jacket at a minimum. And just some cheap rain pants. For the amount of times you'll use rain pants, don't you don't need to spend a lot on them, but gosh, they're worth it if you need to sit places. We don't cancel. Like mm. we might alter our like plans if it's raining, but we don't cancel them unless mm. we're it's torrential and it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but if it's if it's just slightly raining, then we, instead of maybe going to the beach, we might go to on a hike because it's beautiful hiking in the it rain is, yeah. and being near waterfalls. So and it's really important, again, for children to not see that as stopping you from doing something. Exactly. Different when it's been like at the moment for two months and mm. by the end of it we're like, all right, all right, we're a bit done. We're a bit done with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing I always um, I'm generally also bring is something to sit on. Mm. Um, 
it's not essential, but if you've got something that'll protect your bum from the wet ground or whatever it is, mm. um, or even the sand sometimes. Just yeah, they can just be a towel yeah. or, or, you know, a fancy blanket. It doesn't matter. No, but it is de- definitely something that I I enjoy bringing. Proper shoes, whether mm. that's reef shoes, if you're, you know, somewhere around coral or whether it's hiking shoes, like, again, totally guilty of it. We'll go, oh, we'll just, we'll just go on this waterfall hike in our thongs or our saltwater sandals and... It's not it's ideal. Slip free. Yeah, or if you just double check with your kids because I know that I forget to remind and I went on a hike and my youngest forgot her shoes. <laughs> Your youngest oh, never. She, but she managed. She did yeah. manage, but she did also say she didn't want to keep going because her feet were sore. So that's, you know, we, we do manage, but it, it also means that sometimes we cut our trip short because we don't have exactly what we need. Yeah. So making sure you've got the right gear, but I would also add some gear that you take and then like you were saying before, gear that you leave in the car. Yeah. So Here's a really hot tip. If you're going on a hike and you're not sure they're going to make it, is leave the chocolate or the really good goodies in, <laughs> in the, the car, car for on the way back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pack your towels, pack your icy cold water, bribe them with a bakery treat, whatever it is, but make it not when they get to the bottom of the hill, make it for when they get to the top on the way back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about how we carry things. Backpacks we think are definitely the way to go. I wanted to quickly touch on, because our children are really great age now for exploring. You know, they're about eight and ten now. They're really independent. They can carry stuff if they need to. Let's talk about how we did it when we when our mm. children were younger, because it is hard. Absolutely, it's harder. So There's nap harder. times to think of. There's nappies and change mats and things that you need to think of. What did you do? What were some of your tips? Um, my children lived in baby carriers. <laughs> yes. I think I left home tip. without it. Um <laughs> It is so much easier to hike and walk and have weight distribution of your children in a carrier around your body as opposed to having to back piggyback them um, or carry them on your hip, mm. which is what will happen with small children. Yeah. So if you don't have a baby carrier or if you thought you've been able to get away with it but you are keen on getting outside, I cannot recommend them highly enough. Mm. I found the longer hikes difficult until I discovered like bum bags yeah. and things as well. So um, a bum bag's really handy if you've got a carrier because you can just slip a really tiny packet of wipes, just your really, really essential items, mm. whereas you're not having to front and back carry for those longer trips. For a small trip, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a good tip as well. Yeah, and being very, I guess, with little kids is being um, prepared. Mm. So if you can have some little games in mind that you can – keep them occupied with along the way. With toys, like a magnifying glass, yeah. binoculars. Yeah, or um, have like a goal in mind, like um, collecting coloured leaves along the track mm. or something like that will keep them engaged in the walking and curious and not letting their little minds wander to how heavy their legs are <laughs> and how sore they, their feet are or whatever it is that they complain about. I spy is great. Mm. <laughs> pretty cute with little kids yeah yeah <laughs> um another good tip is obviously to just be really particular about where you go so for mm. a long time we picked and most councils will will make sure that they have multiple flat accessible tracks for again whether that's prams or wheelchairs so i spent a lot of time when my kids were young up at mary Cancross or on the beach boardwalks yeah because that was what was easy and doable and i was still able to get outside yeah exactly there's um Really, another really good one near us, Kathleen MacArthur Conservation Park on the other side of Karamundi Lake. Mm. It's got beautiful wildflowers through there, um, which is another great way to engage 
young kids is um, to be looking at the different vegetation and flowers along the way. Yeah, and those places that have been like the environmental education centres because children can wander, sometimes yeah. there's a playground, there's always really hands-on wonderful things to do. The volunteers are incredible. And that's what I like about Mary, Mary Cancross too is that there's the promise of actual really cool animals to see there. So mm. it's always like, you know, are we going to see a paddy melon or a um, – some sort of python or something, which is like get almost guaranteed in some of these places. Yeah. I um, thought you were going to say the lure of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bonus. Again, stacking. Yeah. Fill my cup. Yeah. Walk, flat, animals, education centre, coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. The last thing I wanted to just remind us of is that, no, we don't always do it consistently. We're in mm. a season right now. It's been really hot. It's been really wet. We've had COVID. We've got appointments. We're going through a really big business time right now mm-hmm. as, we, as we restructure. So it has been harder this term, but I've just felt autumn just click over last weekend. And all of a sudden I've gone, <gasps> Adventure day. Yeah, me too. It's definitely taken the real sting of the heat out of being Mm. outside and we've got more capacity to be out longer. Yeah, I think that's it for me is, yeah, I'm not a hot weather person. I'd rather it be wet Yeah, I used to be a hot weather person. I used to love it. Mm. And now, you know, with age you you get bothered by things. So the beach, I'm happy to go to the beach on those days, but the hikes and things like that, it's... So with the beach too, like the, those, I mean, we say it all the time, we really should have got shares in um, cool cabanas. <laughs> we should have. Not sponsored. But, Wish we were. But um, some sort of shade that you can take that's easy to put up, light, will mean that you can stay out in those places and not have to worry about being overheating, being in the sun, burning, all of those and things. picking your spots. You yeah. Know, for little ones, again, for years we spent years at the spit or at the fresh, like the, the lakes rather than the surf. Yeah. And we picked really shady beaches as well. Exactly. So it's a bit different now, but it, it, for a long time it wasn't. Exactly. We're kind of now at the point where we're just getting into the smaller wave places. Yeah. Yeah. And that will change. It will change. Mm. Um, but, yes, we're human and there's ages and stages and there's sickness and seasons and all of those things which – mean that sometimes we are not adventuring as much as we'd like to. And there's no guilt around it. There isn't any guilt around mm. it. But we do recognise when we need it more and um, we will update you with some of our adventures that we're going on. We've got a pretty big adventure yes. that we're really excited to share with you Um around Easter time. So um, we'll check back in about that specific really big adventure, which is really exciting. All right. I thought this week, because we always ask our guests the rapid fire questions, I thought it might be my turn to ask you the rapid fire questions, Vicky. Oh, so, oh yeah, but I'm going to turn them on you too. No, you can do that another episode. Okay. <laughs> so first question, what is your favourite adventure day location? So my favourite, my absolute favourite is that sunshine walk with the mm. rock pool. But anywhere with rock pools. So Coolum Rock Pools, Point Cartwright, Shelley Beach, absolute favourite. Hands down, we'll choose to go there first and foremost every time. <laughs> Says the mermaid herself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What book, oh, number God. two, what book are you currently reading? I am reading The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I am reading Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. I'm reading Sand Talk. I'm reading... I'm reading a lot of things. I haven't finished them all. I'm still in the middle of Take Risks by John Marsden. And I'm also reading Know Your Why. That's five. I know. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I've just got so many things on the go. Like it depends on my mood. Some are on audiobook and some are by my bedside. 
and some of them are, I pick up when I'm feeling a little bit more in the zone of wanting to up-level what we're doing here at Wildlings. And then there's a book that I read when Ellie wants to read together. So she's created a little reading nook in our house and since she's like, you want to come read with me? So she's reading Wings of Fire and I ring, read Sand Talk. So. That's awesome. We're in a real um, leadership book yeah, we are. phase at the moment for us and our company, not just for our own, well, it is, mo- most of it is for our own work here at Wildlings, but also for Wild Business, for our online course, getting ready for another module for those people that are, mm. are hiring now because we all go into business for our skill set, <laughs> which was outdoors, you know, being with children outdoors, and then suddenly we've all found ourselves being employers. Yeah. And that is a huge leap and a whole different skill set. So can't wait to bring that, add that module to the course Yeah, as well. and on that too is like reshaping what that looks like. I feel like that's really big for us is mm. like reshaping what being an employer or being a leader looks like in business because mm. the traditional models are not great. No, they, and they're very masculine mm-hmm. and they're very top down and that's not how we want to operate. Yeah, and we want our values to reflect through all parts of the business. So if we're talking about what values we want children to learn about, we also want our staff to be feeling these exact same things. So, mm. so yeah, a lot of growth mindset mm. stuff and it's it's exciting. I love it. Yeah. All right, number three, where do you go or what do you do to reset after a tough day? So my go-to is to just walk along our local beach and I have – been shell collecting so I've got very specific species that I've got my eye out for. You want to share those? Yeah so um, cowries are my yeah, favourite. Um, so we're always looking for cowries but also broken just the um, bottom parts of the cowries and mm. specifically after um, odd shaped coral and parts of the exoskeleton of <laughs> Of a sea urchin, oh. we call them nipple shells. They look like yeah, they, they do look like nipple. nipples. <laughs> um, so I have these like really specific things that I'm always looking for Perfect. when I'm. But that like is another one of my favourite things to do. But I can do very easily. Mm, that's awesome. What is one worry that you have about homeschooling or unschooling? Maybe a reoccurring mm. one. And how do you reassure yourself or problem solve this? I have a lot of reoccurring worries none's coming to mind at the moment feeling fairly secure um I do worry that I'm not doing enough or that I'm not providing enough experiences or you know I the other day I was thinking gee I've got all the time in the world and yet still feel like we're not doing all the things that I thought we'd be doing and the way that I reshape what I'm thinking is I think about what we actually have been doing and that usually makes me realize that we are doing all of the ama- like some amazing things my children are learning all the time and i remind myself that what i think what i what i my conditioning is for what children need to learn is not actually what they need to learn and i need to remind myself of that consistently that just because children learn x y or z doesn't mean they actually have to nor do they have to learn it in that time frame nor do we stop learning. So if they need or it. Or in that way. In that way. Like it's not like if they get to 18 and they have learned nothing, that's not the end of the road. <laughs> they can, can still learn those things. You are done. You yeah. will not learn anymore yeah, now that it. you've left school and you're 18. That's exactly right. So I reassure myself in those ways. And I think that it's important for people to know that even if you are very confident in your choices, that you will always question. Mm. And I think that's good. And it makes you a good parent. Yeah. And I, I don't, and I think that it helps you to reprioritize and to, to make sure that you are staying on the path 
that feels good for you at that time because that can change as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's okay to think one way and to change your mind on that. So if you ever hear me in the future say my children are going to school, don't be surprised. I mean, it probably like I'm not so down the rabbit hole that that is off the table completely. Like it probably it's also pretty much their is. choice yeah. too. You know, it's not just us saying you will never go to no, school. At this point in time, I we're not. Mm. That's my choice, and I have a lot to say about the systems. And well, you know that I hear, talk about it all the time. But at the same time, things change. Yeah. Circumstances and we have no control change. either. Yeah, and sometimes we just have to make the best of the situations we find ourselves mm. in. Um, but that's not to say that I can make a choice and still not be okay with lots of the things that come with that choice. You can still have very strong views about it but still have to surrender to the moment. So I just want yeah. people to know that when we talk about these things and our ideas, it's not they're not fully rigid. They're ju- it's just that, yeah, at this point in time, this is where we're at. These are the choices that we make because they work for our families. Beautiful. All right. What are you currently working on, Vicky? Me knowing full well, but. Nobody else does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean with the business? Yeah. What are we doing in business? What are you doing <sighs> in business? Um, so at the moment we are still working on um, what the wild business course mm. and creating, you know, what that looks like for the people that are entering into um, the world of owning your business in the nature play space, which is really exciting. Um, we are also working on the induction process for our staff. Mm. Um, we want to make sure that we've really got all of the information that we find really important transferred to our staff. Like we want to make sure that that's airtight, really clear, really easy to access. Beautiful. Yeah, because there's so much stuff that our staff will say, we that would be really great if you could put mm. that into some format so we can understand that concept more because there's so much to what we do and so our values. And yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm really wanting to get stuck into creating a platform for our staff to learn more. Mm. Um, policies. Policies, yeah. So we've been drilling down on our policies. We've been working a lot in the nature place space about how that looks Mm. Um, moving forward because we've hit a few little road bumps with uh, insurance and things like that. Mm. So that's as, as an industry. That's as an industry. Not us specifically. Yeah. It's water play is becoming a, a problem in our industry. Yeah. So um, pioneering, I guess, mm. ways forward um, policies and, and making sure that we communicate how clearly safe what we do is. Yeah, I think that's, that's the right. challenge. It is. It's right. It's not... Nothing that we're doing is changing. It's just making sure that the insurers understand what yeah. it is that we do to keep children safe. Yep. Uh, and uh, yesterday we were at the Sunshine Coast Australia Day Awards. We were nominated in the environmental and community categories for that. So mm. it's always great to be part of oh, a phenomenal community here on the Sunshine Coast. The people are doing such... I was so humbled to yeah. be standing amongst people who are just the glue that keeps our community together. It was a real slap in the face yeah, in, it was. In, a, in the best way of looking around and going, communities would not survive, particularly our vulnerable yes. people would not survive as a whole without, you know, the hours and hours of free labour. Yeah, the volunteers that work with, as you said, vulnerable people or the environment, like cleaning mm. up our waterways, looking after our turtles. so positive. That's, I did love that, looking up all the different categories and then the environment category came up and it was the second biggest category. It mm. was so heartwarming to see that there were so many nominees, so many finalists in that category. Yeah. 
gave me hope it for did. the future. <laughs> it did. And we then get to talk to people who are also doing amazing things that we can work with. Mm. So we form community partnerships with all these fantastic people. Yeah, beautifully. Um, E-Collaboration, who we had as guest speakers only mm. a couple of weeks ago, were in our category and won it in the environment category. And then Turtle Watch, who were coming next week to our homeschool program. So it's this beautiful, beautiful community of, of volunteers and people doing good for the planet. Exactly. Well, that is us. So to summarise, if we're talking about Adventure Days, our tips to you are to commit to one day every week to go with friends, keep a kit in your car, be prepared with your gear and invest in some quality gear as Mm. well. They're probably our our top four or five tips. Yeah. And look, moving on from that too, if you're interested in homeschooling, unschooling, wild schooling, any of these things that we've talked about today and you're not sure where to start, um, don't forget, we've actually got some online courses for each of these types of um, homeschooling things. So we've got an intro to homeschooling, um, an unschooling and a wild schooling little course on the website at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash online dash courses. And hopefully we can answer all of your burning questions about that. But if you do have a topic in particular that you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, please let us know. You can send us a DM on Instagram or you can email us at hello at wildlingsforestschool.com. We'd love to get your input on what you'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah, because we just talk about what we like talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Which I have. It's been really nice. It's been nice to be back. It has. It's been really nice speaking to you face to face. I think we'll probably do this a little bit more often as well now that we've got better gear yeah i'm going to take a photo of our hilarious setup it oh is God. not the we're radio a fire station. waiting to happen we really, are but... if a sparky came in here they would um chuck a fit <laughs> <laughs> but, but we anyway, did it we did we're outdoor people yeah trying to create things indoors <laughs> go us go us Growth we've come a long way we will get better amazing thank you so much as always for joining us and until next week stay, stay wild, wild.